You're listening to audio from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview, find more resources, or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. These are exciting times here at Parkview. I don't know if you're tracking all that's going on. We had our women's retreat last weekend here. We had Awana Grand Prix races here yesterday. It was pretty cool to see all the cars. We had our first Kalos Institute for Men yesterday morning. We did that from 7 to 8. Uh, men, if you aren't involved in that, you should be. Uh, we're next, this is coming uh, Saturday, 7 to 8. We'll be here. It's just one hour long. Uh, wives, if you want to like, just use the sharp part of your elbow to just get him in the ribs right now, we forgive it. It's not a sin. Uh, but just encourage him to do that. It's a great time together. Our youth are on a retreat right now. Notice the absent people in the rows over there. They're having a, a retreat at Eastern Iowa Bible Camp. And we're in our second week of our 40-day journals. If you didn't get one of those, still jump in. Uh, start on day 15 tomorrow. We'd be glad to have you tracking with us on that. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this time to be together and to unite our hearts and minds and just say, holy, holy are you, Lord. You are worthy, and we just say, how great thou art. Father, uh, accept our praises, and, and may they be pleasing unto you. And, and Father, would you just use those praises even in our own hearts to, to focus us on you, that our distractions would be laid aside and that you would use this time for your glory and for your honor. Father, what each person needs here, you know exactly what it is, and Holy Spirit, just move. Touch each heart and life. We pray for the next service here, and we pray for East Campus, and God, we just ask that you would move. Father, we pray for our city and for our land. We commit it to you knowing that you are able. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're a regular attender here, you know that we're committed to the exposition of the Word. We believe it's important to know what God's Word says. And so uh, typically on a Sunday morning, we're working our way through various books of the Bible, and, and that's part of our conviction. We feel it's so important Remember, Parkview Church, Church exists to glorify God by the whole church, making whole disciples for the good of all people. And we define a whole disciple as one who learns Jesus, who loves Jesus, and who lives Jesus. And knowing God's Word is so central to this, and that's why we're so committed to it. We focus on that expositional teaching. But we also know that sometimes it can be hard to to, to just apply God's word to, to issues that we face. This short series is really designed to just do that. God's word is so practical for life, and we're going to take time to address some issues and concerns that we, we face so commonly. We're praying that this series will be a great benefit to you. Today, we're going to address the subject of, of worry, of, of anxiety. Worry and anxiety is a human response to stress that's normal, but it also can be a, a, something that causes us to respond in a sinful way. Our worry and anxiety will either push us away from God or draw us closer to Him. 
Our worry and anxiety can push us away from other believers or, or pull us into deeper gospel community. And worry and anxiety results in either struggle or submission. Entitled today's message, Good for the Anxious. One of the things I, I so appreciate the way God has made each of us is that we are all so unique. We're very different. It astounds me that I can run into somebody that I haven't seen in maybe decades and still recognize them in a crowd. Yeah, of course, yeah, they put some miles on, maybe some, you know, have been harder miles on, on people than others, but you can still recognize them in a crowd. They have a distinct appearance that sets them apart from all other people. Isn't that amazing? 8.1 plus billion people on the planet, and you can be identified as unique. Just look around this room. You want to see unique? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we are, aren't we? This uniqueness includes our size, our shape, our eyes, our fingerprints. You ever been in a public place and you hear a voice in the distance and your mind tells you, I know who that is? Isn't that cool? So distinct that it can be picked out of a crowd without even seeing. We have different interests and abilities. We have different temperaments. Yet we share some commonalities, don't we? Our basic needs and desires, our struggles and our pains in some respects are very similar. Although each of us responds to it differently, we all understand what anxiety is or what it is to feel anxiety. We know what it is to worry about something. In recent years, there's been a tremendous spike in anxiety. Very few things in modern history have affected uh, this like the global pandemic has. The World Health Organization has estimated that the pandemic caused a 25% increase in anxiety during the first year alone. COVID-19 and the various responses to it exposed existing fractures in our culture and further polarized people. It, it compounded pressures. It, it added to uh, financial and social issues. Educational issues. Some of you parents know what it was like to try to keep your kids focused on a, a laptop all day long at home. That works. An election year can make that more complex. Tensions are, are as high as ever. Many people are worried and, and anxious about that. What, what does the future look like? All these things can cause a drastic increase in our anxiety and, and even in depression. That being said, anxiety and, and worry is, is by no means a new thing, right? A.C. Myers writes, various degrees of anxiety ranging from concern to, uh, to fear to dread are depicted in both the Old and New Testament. Anxiety may be the neutral con uh, or the natural concern a parent exhibits for his children or that which one feels for the well-being of a fellow. It includes personal distress, such as that caused by Hannah's barrenness or Daniel's dream, as well as the fear and trembling uh, precipitated by war or natural disaster. The Psalms give frequent expression to such feelings. 
We all face it. We all, all deal with it at various times. And some of us struggle with it more than others. But none are exempt. It might be anxiety for the future. What, what's going to happen? These major events or major decisions that are before us. Or it might be something that's, that we're experiencing right now. We're in the in thick of anxiety right now. It, it might be depression about something in the past. And the thought of dealing with that, just, it just stirs up more anxiety within us. Some of us can hide it well, some cannot. One of my convictions as I preach to you is to be transparent. And I want you to understand that uh, though I hide it well, I can battle anxiety. And it's mainly focused on what I'm doing right now. My preparation for sermons gives me great anxiety. And as I enter a week and I know I've got a sermon to write, it's like I've got to go into my office and I've got to wrestle that 600-pound gorilla every week. And he's strong. And for me, it's, it's this is something I so love to do, but it's a, it's a test of my faith. And I want you to understand, as a pastor, I'm not exempt from experiencing anxiety. And it can overtake me if I don't bring it to the Lord. Even though we all understand that, that worrying about things is not actually helpful, it doesn't often stop us, does it? We know it's senseless, but we just do it. We, we think, I've got to worry about this. This is what's appropriate to do. Roman philosopher Seneca had it right when he said, he suffers more than is necessary who suffers before it is necessary. Isn't that great? Have you ever worried about things that you didn't need to worry about? Talk about wasted energy, right? You're all wound up and worried about it and... You, maybe you feel so anxious that you struggle to breathe. You lose sleep. You, you feel physically sick. And you're missing out on life at that time because you're worried about something that's coming later. And it may not even come. Even anxiety attacks. It overwhelms our physical being. Our English word worry is from an Anglo-Saxon word that means to strangle. Isn't that a good description? Ever felt like you're being strangled by worry and anxiety? Here's the good news. You and I know that Jesus lived without sinning, yet it seems that he experienced anxiety like we do. And guess what? He modeled a better way to handle it. Let, let's first acknowledge worry and, and anxiety is a human response to stress that is normal. We're wired that way. It, it's, it's normal. But it can be a doorway into a sinful response. It's normal to, to feel that anxiety, but it then can be a doorway into a sinful response. To, to live is to encounter anxiety. We, we simply cannot avoid every form of stress. It's going to come in some way or another. Yet in Scripture, we find instruction to not be anxious. 
Jesus tells us not to be anxious, and the Apostle Paul tells us not to be anxious. Uh, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, in chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Easier said than done. Right? Just me? You always leave me hanging out to dry. You wonder why I have anxiety issues. Right there. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. This is not a simple matter to address. Some quickly label all anxiety as being sinful, and others will say, no, anxiety is a, a normal response to an accurate assessment of stressful matters at hand. Right? You look at the, the situation, you go, yeah, you should be stressed. You should have anxiety. But let's consider this closer. It's interesting to me here that, that Jesus addressed anxiety in the context of material needs. And very important ones like food and clothing. I believe that most of us would be very anxious if we didn't have food and clothing. So, so Jesus is addressing uh, some very serious stuff here. But we have many things that we would add to that list that, that cause us anxiety. And let's dive deeper into anxiety's sources. First, anxiety or worry is often produced by an intense stressor, a legitimate concern about the future. It's a real thing, right? Something coming that, that you have to be prepared for. You have to know how to handle. How about an unwanted medical diagnosis for yourself or a loved one? Relational struggles. Job loss or economic issues, or a, way, a wayward child. And then we have a worry or anxiety generated by our own sense of guilt or conviction from the Spirit about some sin in our life. And, and there's a stirring in our, in our souls that should be there because the Spirit's moving. And this might be something that's in the past or it's something that's, that's current. It's an ongoing sin or something. It's an unreconciled sin. And it can be an, a tremendous source of stress. You've wronged someone else and, and you haven't dealt with it or you've hung on to uh, some bitterness and, and unforgiveness. Sin you haven't addressed. Laws maybe that you've broken. Maybe there's an impending court date. I told you about when I was a teenager and I got three moving violations in one night. That was a source of anxiety. Anyway. And then what about the worry and anxiety from missing out on God's peace? Maybe we don't even know why we feel it. But, but you and I who know the word and know what it's like to have a relationship, we understand that that can be a source of anxiety. 
And people are confused about it. And they're trying to address it in every way. But, but it's something that's beyond them because they don't know God's peace. Really, both of these passages suggest uh, that persisting anxiety and worry signify an absence of the Lord's presence in one, one's life or the Lord's peace in one's life. Jesus teaches us that we are to trust God for our needs. Look at the rest of that passage in Matthew 6, starting in verse 26. He gives us reasons why we're not to worry. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Isn't that wonderful? Heavenly Father takes care of the least of his creation. How much more us? And, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan? Then he kind of hits hard, doesn't he? Oh, you of little faith. Do not be anxious. But then here's what we're told to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, in other words, all the details that we worry about, they'll be added to you. And by the way, tomorrow will have its own worries. Worry about them when you get there. But then consider Paul's words. He clearly presents the idea that anxiety and God's peace do not coexist. Look back at, at Philippians 4, 6, and we'll add verse 7 to it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're not to be overcome with anxiety. Rather, we're to be to genuinely surrender our concerns to God. He says, by prayer and petition. This is making supplication before God. These things are a concern to you, and you're saying, God, I give them to you. I lay them at your feet. I need your help. And we do that by, by prayer, but we do it with a thankful spirit. Then let your request be made known to God. Thanking God in advance. Why would we do that? Why would you and I thank God before he actually does it? We know he's faithful. And I would suggest that that's easier to do as we grow in our knowledge of God's word and as we've seen and experienced him work in our lives. Folks, this does get easier. 
because he's always faithful. Again, what's Paul teaching us here? That God's peace that surpasses understanding, by the way, that, that's unimaginable, it's inconceivable, it's, it's mind-blowing peace, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Folks, some of us that are struggling with anxiety, we need our heart and our mind guarded by God. It's this idea that his unimaginable, inconceivable, mind-blowing peace is going to come in and it's just going to push that anxiety out and it's going to leave peace behind. It was Max Lucado who said, no one can pray and worry at the same time. Yet certainly we cannot deny the, the sharp contrast between anxiety and peace. You know, they're, they're at the opposite ends of the continuum here, right? And, and it's important for me to just give you a disclaimer here. This does not prove the removal of the source of stress. Rather, that your heart and your mind will be protected from that stress. Isn't that great? And John Stott puts it this way. A Christian's freedom from anxiety is not due to some guaranteed freedom from trouble, but to the folly of worry and especially to the confidence that God our Father, that even permitted suffering, is within the orbit of his care. Isn't that interesting? His permission of suffering, even being within the orbit of his care, Maybe some of you can relate to having a deeper faith in God because of some of the valleys you went through. It was really in those moments when you saw the beauty of God or you saw his faithfulness. What a wonderful thought. As a pastor, I've had the privilege of being with various people in in various stressful situations. And it's been so wonderful those times when you can just see God's amazing peace in that person's life. Incredible stress, a, a horrible diagnosis. Not happy about the diagnosis, but at peace because the Lord is guarding the heart and mind of that individual. A sudden loss of a loved one. Done, not absence of, of grief but presence of God's peace. Maybe experiencing persecution, yet able to be joyful because there's peace. Or maybe facing one's own demise. That peace, heart and mind protected by God. Now, let's also acknowledge that our our worry and anxiety will either push us away from God or draw us closer to him. I want you to think about the response of uh, of Jesus when he heard that, that Herod had beheaded John the baptizer. Look at Matthew 14, verse 13. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. 
Luke 5 and Mark 1 uh, help us know that Jesus often spent time alone with God the Father. And I, I wanted to stop and ask you here, how do you react when hard times come? When the big stressors come in like a storm? I mean, too often people react poorly to stress, don't they? I mean, think about some of the things that we do. Uh, some of them are, are more neutral. Some of them are sinful. Uh, substance abuse often happens when stress comes. Binge eating. Drinking. Overworking. Do you realize that? Aggression. Sleeping too much. Excessive screen time. Or maybe it's just mentally trying to minimize it or, or falling into isolation and you move yourself away from everybody else or, or avoidance. But folks, Jesus modeled a better way and, and we can thrive when we apply it. In the 1700s, there was an influential American missionary named David Brainerd. He only lived 29 years, and he was only a Christian for eight of those years. He was later cited by countless Christian leaders as influential in their ministry. Yet the truth about Brainerd was he struggled with anxiety and depression. Theologian and pastor Jonathan Edwards detailed the struggle, depicting the highs and lows of ministry in vivid detail. But it was part of this uh, authentic look at Brainerd's life that struck a chord with so many. The Christian life is filled with struggles and trials. And not only from outside, but sometimes from the inside. Brainerd's endurance in trusting God amidst his trials models a biblical picture rather than ignoring or minimizing or, or, or hiding or running from it. And Gideon Hawley said of him, when I'm struggling, I only need the Bible and the story of Mr. Brainerd's life. Brainerd's example is a testament of the power of drawing toward God in anxiety rather than letting it pull us away from him. So worry and anxiety is a human response, but it can draw us into sin. Worry and anxiety will either uh, push us away from God or draw us close to him. And, and now worry and anxiety will either push us away from other believers or draw us into deeper gospel community. Look with me at Matthew chapter 26, uh, starting in verse 37. And knowing the cross was before him, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse 37. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And I want you to notice here from... from uh, Luke, his description in Luke 22, uh, his description of the pressure, look at verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. While Jesus often chose to be alone with the Father on this occasion in the garden, 
a time of incredible stress and pain. Jesus chooses to bring his three closest disciples into it. Peter, James, and John. He, he pulled them into his struggle at that time. And, and we know the story that to their shame, they didn't even stay awake, right? He said, he said stay here and pray. And they couldn't do it. Yet Jesus recognized and he modeled the need for fellowship and community in a time of anxiousness. We can read in Scripture of times when, when people were alone and how hard it was for them. Jeremiah, he, he knew solitude. We had Elijah, he's out uh, by himself, he's being fed by ravens, remember? Jesus had his own 40 days in the wilderness. But think of other uh, situations, uh, how significant. I mean, for Moses to have Aaron. And Jonathan was such an encouragement to David. And, and think about David with his mighty men. But what about Ruth to, to Naomi? Jesus had his closest 12. But think about Paul. He had Barnabas and Silas and even Luke toward the end. And, and, and think of Paul and Silas in that prison. I'm bringing this up because isolation often compounds our bouts with worry and anxiety. God has designed you to be in community. It's a wonderful thing. That's one of the reasons why we've been prom promoting our household initiative here. We don't want to just be hundreds of people that just come and they get, gather together for an hour and then just leave. We, we want to be in one another's lives and, and blessing one another, being there for one another when you need it. You see, the more we're willing to meet people in their struggles, the greater this church will be and the greater its impact will be. When we're real and genuine people who, who are just working our way through life. Harvard's Making Care Common Project did a survey. 36% of the respondents reported serious loneliness, feeling lonely frequently or almost all the time. This is even years, worse in the young adult population that has seen a 43% increase in loneliness since the pandemic, while 63% is experiencing significant symptoms of anxiety and depression more broadly. Folks, do you think there's a connection? There is. We're designed to be in community. Some of us might argue that smartphones have only compounded the problem. We're connected with hundreds, but actually to none. It seems clear that isolation is a common result of anxiety. But as Christians, we're to point one another to the loving arms of Christ that's why the gospel needs to be known. People are hurting and anxious all around us, and they need to know about Jesus who died for them and gave them a way to have a renewed relationship with God. There's peace in and of itself. But then they need to, to also be introduced to the church, to the gospel community. Connection with other people. So worry and anxiety is a human response to stress. It's normal, but it also can be a doorway to sin. Worry and anxiety will either push us away from God or draw us closer to Him. Worry and anxiety can push us away from other believers or draw us into deeper gospel community. And worry and anxiety results in struggle or submission. 
Consider the Savior's words from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You realize that part of taking our sin and condemnation upon himself, Jesus was feeling the pain of his father turning his back on him. Jesus felt the immense weight of humanity's sin upon his shoulders. And in that, he ultimately surrenders. He says, Father, into my hands I commit my, into your hands I commit my spirit. So often our worry and anxiety can be driven forcefully by our pain, emotional pain or, or mental pain or physical pain. Sometimes it's brief, sometimes it's long-term. Whichever it might be, it brings us to a point of decision. Do I just put my head down? Do I just struggle with this the way I know to do it? Or do I cope with it the way I know to do it? Battle to find a solution? Or, or do I rest in the submission of trusting it to God? I, I share with you that I, I struggle with anxiety, but it's, it's not a long battle because for me, it just simply means I go to God and I remember that, that what I'm doing is for him, it's of him, and if it's not that way, I don't want to do it. And I, I have to leave it in his hands, otherwise I can't function. First Peter 5 says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Isn't that great? I hope you're here today and I hope you know that he cares for you. God cares for you. And he can handle your anxiety. You can lay it all on him. You cannot overwhelm him. You won't crush him. As I wrap up, I want to be clear. I'd hate for you to leave today feeling beat up over today's message in any way. Most of us need to grow in this area in some, way, in some regard or another. For some, it's less of a struggle than it is for others. For some, uh, medications are necessary. You have other factors that play into that. That's okay. Uh, and use them in conjunction with the scriptural principles that, that, that will guide you. But I want to close with it's drawing your mind to a picture. If you're a parent, maybe you can think of a time when one of your young kids got to a, a bad dream or something scared them so bad and they were irrational and, and emotional. And, and you had to pull them up in your arms and you just had to just tell them it's going to be okay and you had to bring them back and reason with them. And maybe if you haven't been a parent, maybe you remember doing this as a kid. And as an adult, you can look at that child and you go, it's okay. You, you, can, you can see that this is not a big issue. But to the child, it's that big issue. And I want us to begin to look at ourselves that way, to, to look at God and, and go, there's nothing we can bring to God that's going to overwhelm him. And Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Folks, sometimes we just need to take a breath and go, you're God. This is within your scope. You can handle it. Charles Spurden said, we know so little about the future that to worry about it would be the height of foolishness. Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It only empties today of its strength. Can you just rest in the arms of Christ today? Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you that our lives and 
our issues, our stresses are not out of your sight or out of your reach. Our problems are not bigger than you are. And you care for us. Father, thank you. Lord, I pray for individuals here who maybe have never invited Jesus to be their Savior, that maybe today would be the day who would just call out and acknowledge Jesus as Savior and thank him for dying on the cross for them. For us who know you and continue to battle with these things, Father, may we not let it turn to sin, but may we quickly surrender it over to you in submission for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.